It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, we've made our way down to Orlando for the 2022 Merchandise Show. And as usual, we have a loaded afternoon with two great guests. Major Ed Polito is here to fire us up, along with the Teacher of the Year, Jamie Mulligan. He'll be by as well. Well, you know we got to get going because you can't stop this train. Wade, give me the peppers. And here we go this afternoon. That's right. We are down in Orlando, Florida. And believe it or not there, uh, Mr. Wade Weezer, it's about as cold here as it is up there. Well, maybe not as much, but uh, the weather hasn't been that Florida-like. So I'm happy that I'm indoors this afternoon at the Orange County Convention Center coming to you all live and ready to talk to a couple cool people. That's for sure. The, uh, the week has been kind of a crazy week because, you know, we're down here in Orlando. We had demo day and the whole show started on Tuesday, but then Wednesday hit and we came over to the convention center. But, you know, all of a sudden the PGA Tour started as well. With a Wednesday start and a Saturday primetime finish, the savvy leaders over there at the PGA Tour pulled a quick one on the NFL, and it looks like they're going to steal the show on Saturday night, which I'm really excited about, which means we've already made it past the cut line, and they're in round three this afternoon. And the LPGA, well, they started at a normal time Thursday, and they're down there in Boca Raton, and they're doing their thing as well. You know we love to cover both of them, but we really don't have a lot of time this afternoon because I know these guests that I have lined up are itching to get on here and tell their stories. And the first one we have today is Major Ed Polito. Purple Heart recipient, Bronze Star, and this man, he's he's got a servant's heart, that's sure. He's a serviceman through and through, he's a hero, and he's an American legend, and I I can't wait to talk to him. I know he always gets me fired up, and uh, he's going to come running through the wall in just a minute, I know that for a fact. And then to follow Ed's show, we're going to have Jamie Mulligan, who was just announced this week by the PGA of America as their National Teacher and Coach of the Year. He's out there in California at Virginia Country Club, he's the CEO there. He teaches Patrick Cantlay, the Corda sisters, Luke List. Uh, I mean, just a whole, just a whole list of touring professionals. And all of this has taken place right here where the hub of the business and the game of golf has taken place in Orlando, Florida. We're talking about the PGA Merchandise Show. I've been covering it all week for PGA.com, writing article after article, creating some content. And uh, we squeezed a little read the line in there at the, at the same time there, Wade. So it's, uh, it's one of those things, it's been a busy week, but it's been a really rewarding one as well. And you know what? When it comes to rewards, there's definitely somebody we got to talk about who's super special when we talk about the pro show for our sponsors, and that's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. Led by PGA professionals, programming for youth, military veterans, and individuals with special needs provides the opportunity to experience the game in a welcoming environment. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about their programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. I tell you, what a week we are about to cap off. I can't wait to get to Major Ed, so let's just do that. 
It's about five minutes after three here in Orlando. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with an American legend, Major Ed Polito. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. Mar, his name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. One, two. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to ESPN 920. Our first guest today is an American hero. Major Ed Polito has been awarded the Bronze Star and the Purple Heart for his courage in the field of battle. Today, he's taken that passion for service and started the Heart of a Lion Foundation. If you're searching for a real American, you don't have to look any further than the man sitting next to me. All right, here we go. I am sitting with retired U.S. Army Major Ed Polito. Ed, how are you feeling this morning after the big party last night you had with John Daly? Well, you know what? What a great day to be an American. I'm up and I'm going, and I tell you what, we had a great uh, event last night, a lot of good energy. Uh, John Daly is just a special individual. Colt Ford came out as well. We launched our square shoes, which is actually pretty neat to see the new redneck shoe come out. And uh, Bob at Squares did an outstanding job of putting a great event together, about 300 people that came through the door. And you know what, we wanted to kind of keep it smaller. Uh, we thought about doing something bigger, but you know, when we talked to John, it was like, you know what, let's just kind of, let's be family last night. And that's what it was all about. And that's what the game of golf is all about. All of the PGA professionals came out. A lot of people that I hadn't seen in a long time time. Um, and you know, folks like you, I get to see you, man. And, and we go back a long way. And that's why the game is so important. And that's why the game is so fruitful for all. There's no doubt about that. Now, everyone can sense this, what's coming. I yeah. mean, everybody knows I got passion for the pop culture, golf and everything. And you have some too. I mean, your energy is infectious and I haven't seen you in a little while. So the last time we were together, you had me all fired up. That may have wore off, but that, <laughs> la- that lasted a couple of years. I right? love it. This is a big week. Yes. For the business and the people of golf. We're already talking about the people of golf at the party last night. We'll get into that more. But coming into this week, 
What has you most fired up to be back in person at the PGA Merchandise Show? Well, first of all, it's getting everybody back together. And I think um, I wish that, that, you know, there were more people here. Uh, the pandemic has played a role in the game um, and, and some positives and some negatives. And I think you have to look at it from that regard. A lot of people played a lot of rounds during the pandemic. And the thing about it is that uh, also it kind of did hurt some of the industry folks when you can't be able to showcase some of the things that you've got out here. And that to me is the most uh, important thing that I get out of the PGA show is that I get to connect with people that I know from across the country, but also connect with the game and the people that are actually putting together the equipment and the clothing and all of the things that are coming down the pike. And, you know, we've got some issues related to that with the fact that um, right now, you know, equipment and anything that comes in, it takes a little bit longer to get in. And the thing about it is that I think this is an opportunity for everyone to reconnect, re be re-energized, and the fact that, you know what, the game stood very strong during this pandemic, and it continues to do so. And I will say this this, um, it, if anything came out of it is that more people played golf because of the fact that they wanted to get outdoors, be active, and I think the game is fruitful for that, and I think as we continue to move forward, I think that is the messaging. How do we continue to have that great vibe, that great energy, and in that great movement uh, to say, you know what, it's not just about playing the game, it's about being involved as well. Now, just to that answer there, you used the word connect about three or four times. Yes. And I like that word. And when I look at the history of what you've done and the impact that you've had on America is one thing, but golf has played a large role in that impact, right? Why has there always been this connection to the game in your life? Well, that's a great question. So about 14 years ago, I have to go back to the fact that, you know, when I started with the Folds of Honor Foundation, uh, very uh, incredible organization. Colonel Rooney does an outstanding job, him and his team. In fact, they came out and supported me last night. I got to tell you, you know, that's that's so impactful to me. But the thing about it is that 14 years ago, before that, I kind of just played, hit golf balls, carried the general's bag, you know what I mean? And really didn't get into it until I actually needed it for recovery. And when I was able to learn from the game and utilize it for recovery after a traumatic brain injury and after losing my left leg, I felt like, you know, I couldn't play baseball anymore. And I'm a baseball player, softball player, um, very talented in that area for years. And I was like, I can't chase down those balls. And, and some people are going to say, wow, oh, you can still do it. No, I can't do it at the level that I used to do it. But the game of golf was that vehicle to channel myself to a new game and a new opportunity and to be able to play with my friends and then also, um, you know, compete a little bit. And the Chad Pfeiffer's of the world have done very well, if you know Chad, from a disabled sports point of view. And that, to me, is why I took up the game. And it's been great for my recovery. You know, the PGA Hope program has been yes. a fantastic program, and it continues to grow exponentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as popular as the game itself is right now, you know, due to all the factors and challenges that are in life. Why do you think that's the case? You know, back in the fall, I talked to Jared Forrest, yes. who's in New Jersey, yep. and Jared is, uh, you know, a huge volunteer and a big spokesperson for PGA Hope, and he fired up the airwaves that, that Friday afternoon on the show, and I know you're going to do the same thing, but... You know, he had a perspective on why it, it's so significant in your lives with recovery and everything and, you know, and your mental well-being and everything. How did it make such a positive impact on just you? Well, it was interesting because I also went to Ireland. 
And if you get an opportunity to go to Ireland and the, the Golf Channel did a great story on our trip, but they also did a great story on me on why it was so important. And what I told them, it was the fact that my concentration, my comprehension, my co- comprehending my ability to be able to you know utilize this prosthetic and play the game um, learn um, you know some challenging things about attention about making sure that I had um, good stance and and be able to hit the ball and I think from all of those elements from a traumatic brain injury point of view um, there's a lot of mental health that goes along with that and that to me is why PGA Hope has been successful because of the fact that people can get out, get away from home, be socially conscious with people, and actually interact and be around other like-minded individuals and other veterans. And I think to me, didn't you put the PGA professional in the mix and all of a sudden you have a great combination. That's why that, that initiative is a success to all of those people that are involved. Keep doing it. It does make a difference when a veteran can get out of the house and be a part of something very special. Well, there's no doubt it's special, and it's going to continue to grow for all those reasons and a lot more. Now, speaking of something that needs to grow, right? One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today goes back to where we started. Let's talk about this party last night. It was the Squares Redneck Party. Yes. You hosted with John Daly. Correct. And, of course, you guys were at Hooters. Yes. Right Right, right here at International Drive having some fun, right? Anything with John usually has a story. You have any good stories from just the party last night? Well, so let me tell the, uh, the, the folks listening this very important element. Um, we came together during COVID and the pandemic. John and I did. And John asked me, he said, Ed, I need to have a legacy. And I would love for you to be, you and Chick Linsky, to be a part of my legacy, to educate, support, and create a philanthropy legacy for me. And I think a lot of people don't understand that John was doing a lot of things for a bunch of people, but there was never really a, what I call, toolbox or a comprehensive system that he had to do that and a vehicle to move it forward. And so we created the Heart of a Lion Foundation. So you're saying for a second that John Daly wasn't organized and focused. Well, it was funny because, you know, he he's so good at what he does. But you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. But but I think he needed that support and he needed the people that he could trust, too. And it's interesting because you're right. Um, A lot of people pull him in so many different ways. And he's so good at what he does. And he's so giving. But also people do like in anything take advantage of people sure if anyone is that giving as much as anyone that knows john knows that he has the heart of a lion correct correct. but you know the world works in mischievous ways sometimes so it's great that he met you and chick and you know okay keep going with this development story i love it yeah and then all of a sudden we get together we're sitting in his kitchen and he says well we'll call it the John Daly, Major Ed, and then we're talking about it, and all of a sudden he's like, well, you're the heart, the purple heart. That's what he said. And I said, well, you're the lion uh, champ, you know, and that's what I call him. And all of a sudden, that's how the Heart of a Lion Foundation was created. And then we looked at, so for people to understand what do we do, because that's something that's kind of very special, is John handles Boys and Girls Club in St. Jude's. That's very dear to him and the Champions Tour. 
I handle our first responders and our veterans, and that brings the heart of a lion together. And so what we do is we actually, um, it, which is a little bit of a different twist, we actually do events all over the country. We have the events already in the footprint with John and what he does, and then the donations go to those four what we call pillars of success. And then we fund organizations to do that. But then I also do every single day with my team, we help people. We suicide prevention, mental health, um, connection to the to information and referral, compensation and benefits through the Veterans Administration, making sure that our veterans are employed, that they have health care. I mean, all of those things we do kind of behind the scenes and no one knows that we do them, but we do them for the greater good. You know, that's some really cool symmetry there because you talk about the four parts of your foundation and the heart has four chambers. Yes. You know? So, you know, physically all of it kind of comes together. It's really neat. And folks, I am sitting here with a, with a legend, oh, with Major you. Ed Polito, Purple Heart recipient. We're talking about his partnership with John Daly and their foundation here on the Pro Show this afternoon. Now, you have this unbelievable talent. Anyone that knows you or has met you once, yes. right? It just you are so infectious in nature. You're approachable, and you know you you want to give everybody a hug. You know you, you have just this nature about you, this unique skill of kind of bringing communities together. And, and that's why you've been so successful in the foundation space, right? Yes. Well, how do you think you've developed that talent? Was there somebody that kind of pulled that out of you at one point? Was it your, your, your parents or was it somebody in the service? But I mean, you continue to develop that talent and it's an amazing talent. Well, I have to go back to it. My mother is actually the most caring and nurturing individual. In fact, I'm going to see them today. My father's terminal cancer. And he, um, of course, had a, a, a bad uh, uh, outcome in regards to Agent Orange, Vietnam era. And all of a sudden now he's, you know, fighting for his life. But the thing about it is that he he told me just recently over Christmas, he said, man, it's about never quitting. He, he was going to give up about a year and a half ago. And we were sitting there and he cried. And I'm going to tell you, it gets me emotional because he said, you know, I'm going to give up. I, this is it. Start making arrangements. And then what he said is, you know what, take care of your mom. Uh, take care of our family. Um, and I just like, I'm like, Dad, we're not, you're not ready to go yet. And you know what? We, we talked that through. And I remember saying to him, I said, I'll see you in, another, in about a couple of weeks. And he's like, if I make it that long. And I said, no, you're going to make it that long. You're going to make it longer than that. So you better get out of that rug. For me to tell my dad that was like very powerful. But my point is, in your question, my mom was the real steward of making sure that we were nurturing people. We cared about people. We were diverse about what we did as a Hispanic family, that we love everyone, you know, from white, black, brown, whatever it is that, you know what, we embrace each other and, and we make people feel like they matter. And that to me was always a word that she always used. Everyone matters. Everyone matters. You matter. And that's what we, what she told my father is that you matter and these, and your family needs you. And you know what? Maybe you can't get out of that bed, but you can get up, you know, and basically be a part of what's going on. And it may be from that bed right now, but you know what? At the end of the day, don't give up and quit. And cancer can sucks, let me tell you, because I've seen a man that was so strong just kind of go in a different way. But... In that same token, there's actually Ronald Reagan. When I wrote my book, Warrior for Freedom, 
Ronald Reagan was my inspiration. At 14 years old, he told a story about the ultimate sacrifice over in Arlington Cemetery. That motivated me to join the military at age 17. My father was my hero, and I wanted to join and put on the combat boots like he did as well. But then as I moved forward, you know, one of the things that got me into philanthropy was the fact there was a guy, gentleman by the name of Bob Spinks, who... When I got a master's degree, would kind of shepherd me through this whole process of nonprofit management. And he always told me, he said, it's, and what I loved about when we met a little while ago, he said this, and this is a powerful thing. He said, it's always in philanthropy about telling the story. And when you tell the story, you're actually telling a story of remembrance, of honor, of privilege, of someone that lived and continues to live to do something purposeful. That is why we tell stories, and that's why we raise money through the foundation and tell stories of the people we help, because at the end state, to me, that is the powerful tool, because we need that injection in this day and era. With everything that's going on negatively, why not have a great injection of telling good stories about good people? So let me jump in right there. It's been a challenging two years for a lot of people. Yes. And, and I love your power of positivity, I love to tell good stories, impactful stories. I mean, what you just said right there is like my mission of the pro show. Yes. In a sentence, okay? Yes. So I, I know I have a lot of listeners out there here around New York City and everything that's had a challenging time through the pandemic and everything. Um, continue along that line of advice, right? How can they kind of pull on the power of positivity like you have? And I mean, I know you've been in some dark times. And yes. it's not all just about connecting with the game of golf. But how do you connect with other people? And when you go and you build these communities and you do all really the, the just unbelievable work that you do, yes, right, and your messaging, right, what's one piece of advice that you've maybe kind of evolved with over the last two years where you've pivoted and said, you know what, I gotta add this to my message because man, these times have been tough. Well, I will say there's two things. One is live, live by some principles and a motto. My motto is mission first, team always or mission first people always. And that's the way we approach it at the foundation. Um, the second thing I would say is that um, I live my life through faith for love of, of my God, um, love of my country and love of my family. And then that uh, goes into a different realm of the fact that what I do in philanthropy makes me feel good. And so what we do, you know, if someone wants to go do an event for us, when we show up, it's about giving everyone a great experience. It's not just about a, a golf tournament or a golf outing. It's about purpose. It's about a theme. It's about an opportunity. It's about a connection. It's about going and playing and then fellowshipping afterwards and eating a dinner and maybe raising some money for a charitable cause. Because at the end state, when you do that kind of stuff, you're helping others. And that to me is where America actually is different than any other country. We are a helping um, uh, country and nation and that to me sets us apart from anyone else philanthropy the game of golf the amount of money that's raised through it all of those things I'm telling you are total game changers and that's what sets us apart from many other countries around the world and I think that to me is why I do what I do because it makes me feel really good when I help someone all right 2022 is here. Yes. What's your game changer move you have coming this year, right? What what do you what do you have going on? Well, we're in our big mission right now is increasing the events that we have in our footprint. We're up to about 30 events this year. Our goal is to 
have about 100 in the next couple of years. So from a 22 standpoint, it's gaining another 50 events that we could do, third-party events where people have an event for us. I show up, we motivate the troops, and all of a sudden they become supporters of our foundation. To me, that is my critical uh, mass goal this year because of the fact that when you do that, you kind of develop a, a, what I call a, a, an army. And that to me is is why, you know, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, all these people have been successful over the years. I was just with Gary Player just uh, about a, at the PNC Championship when John and Little John won. And I was talking to him and he's like, you know, the most powerful thing we can do is we can create a military and an army around each us. Yeah. And, and for him to say that to me, it was like, because I knows he knows I'm military, but he's like, I, he, and he said, you know, I like what you're doing. You're creating that military, and that, I, and to me, I am. It's a brotherhood. It's a movement. It's, um, and that's what the PGA of America has always been about. Sure. If you really look at it from what is it, 19, 18, 16, 16 yeah. So, the PGA of America, yeah. you know, all of my colleagues, the men and women, the twenty eight thousand, yeah. is a fraternity or sorority that was built on the mentor Correct. apprentice relationship. That's the yes. whole premise of the thing. That is why we are all here in Orlando this week. And of course, you know, in a lot of ways that that philosophy or that mentality is shared by the military. Exactly. Okay? So the team. There is a leader that passes along a message to you yeah. and then you pass it along to another one of, of your fellow service men or women. So, you know, I can see why a lot of there, there has always been such a strong connection between the military and golf. Yes. And, and I love that. And uh, you know, I also find that it, it it always seems to turn out as a good thing. Right? It, you know, it always seems to be one of those relationships. Not all relationships come together and foster, you know, a positive result. Yes. But the military coming together with golf has always been, whether I've talked to you or Dan Rooney or whoever it may be, Jared Forrest back in the fall, I mean, these are some of the most powerful interviews I've done in my career now for over five years. Yes. I've interviewed like 300 people, but I get more fired up to talk to you about what you're up to. Um, while I'm thinking about it, you mentioned the PNC. How fired up was John to win with his son? Well, you know, I more than I would have ever I don't have a, a son. I have daughters. My wife does an outstanding job. And as I looked at them and how they interacted, it, it, I, would, can't, I can't tell you that I didn't think about the fact that what about if I would have had a son? That would have been a moment that I would want to cherish. And he was able to cherish a moment where John is an, is an icon in, his, in the field. I mean, John literally is a great golfer. And, you know, he's had setbacks. He's had things that have happened in his life he's had success but to be a two-time major winner I will tell you that I know he cherished those wins but that win with his son was probably up there at the top and he said it to me he's like Ed it just you don't you when your offspring is doing something purposeful like you and following your footsteps it is like a dream of a father and then they had, you know, little, i tell you what, that team right behind him with Tiger and Charlie, oh. man, that Charlie's going to be good. Well, you, <laughs> you want to talk about the influence of a son. Yes. Right? I mean, when have you and I ever, we've been around golf a long time, have you ever seen Tiger practicing that hard on TV for anything? No, right? I know. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Charlie had to be like, Dad, we're doing this. And he's like, you know, I, I kind of had this issue. 
back in February. He's like, no, Dad, we're doing this again in December. It's just an amazing story, the pull. Well, and you know what? I So I uh, got a chance to see, uh, talk to Tiger as he was coming in for a couple minutes. Um, you know, hi, and hey, are you, how you doing, champ? And he, you could tell he was hurting. And, oh, sure. And, I mean, his body, his physique, his back. Um, I think he went in there and got a shot. I mean, I just it, that's my take. You know, I don't care to tell anybody like that. At, at some point, when you're in that much pain, specifically with back issues and neck issues, and but to see him get back out there, and like you said, he was doing it. I, I think he did it for Charlie. Sure. And he's like, you know, I, I'm not giving up on the game. And the thing is, is that he walked those holes. Um, it was very tough, you know. Um, you know, he rode as well. But the thing about it is that, you know, getting out of a golf cart and doing this and that, I mean, it, that stuff's not easy. And and John's experienced it, too. And that's where I think, you know, the wear and tear right now, I'm going through an issue with um, some pain in, the, in my shoulder and everything. We all go through that. And so my point is, is that um, we don't want to overdo it, but we want to utilize the game as a way for recovery and a way for just to kind of feel good about who we are and what we're all about. Hey. Everybody out there that's listening and knows that's Major Ed Polito with us today, right? Yes. Everybody's going through a little something. Yes. Right? You know, and all of your words today are going to help us find a little light at the end of the tunnel. I thank you for that. How can we find out more information about Heart of the Lion Foundation? Yeah, so it's called the John Daly Major at Heart of the Lion Foundation, jdme.org. People can go. Um, they can also give me a phone call, 405-833-9092. I don't mind someone sending me a message at epolito, E-P-U-L-I-D-O, at jdme.org. Send me a message if you want to do an event for us, um, if you want to do a challenge. of uh, We've been doing some golf marathons, too, kind of like what Folds of Honor does as well. And then we're also doing any kind of event that you might think of, because we're in the hunting space. We're also in the fishing space. We're also in the golf space and we have programs around that and our programs around golf right now we just teamed up with our friends in the disabled sports tour and we're going to do an event in Oklahoma City on right around Memorial Day to bring in the best disabled golfers and for them to participate and actually uh, play for four days and challenge themselves and somebody's going to win a trophy. To me, that's just so powerful. That's what we should be doing. Never quit. Never lay on the couch and think that your life sucks. Get back up and succeed. And that's the way I look at it. Mission first. People always. People always. I love Major it. Ed Polito. Hoorah, right? baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's been... Uh, it's been shock it all, baby. Let's do it, baby. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love being with you, and uh, I can't too. wait till the next time to we're together. Thanks all right. so much for being on the pro show. Today. Yep. Hoorah. Up next, down here in Orlando, the PGA National Teacher of the Year, Jamie Mulligan. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a few. Mike Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. But, you know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly 
everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back. You know you're listening to ESPN 920. Our next guest, well, cool doesn't begin to describe this conversation we're about to have. Spend my days with a woman unkind. Smoke my stuff and drink all my wine. Our next guest is a coach, a CEO, and a surfer. He's just being honored this week by the PGA. And if you know him, he's not one for hype. So this conversation is bound to get off the rails quite quickly. We may be in Orlando, but we're going to California to talk to Jamie Mulligan. told me there's a girl out there with love in her eyes and flowers. So here I am sitting next to the 2021 National PGA Teacher and Coach of the Year. And he's kind of smiling and he's giving me a look as I say that. But I know he took the red eye in probably just for this interview. I'm thinking that's the case. So, Jamie, welcome to the Pro Show. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing great, Pro. Yeah, I heard about the Pro Show and was coming back here. And then they told me I got this award. So we killed two birds with one stone. Oh, man. It's nice to be here. But we're we're really flattered and really humbled by the award. You know, this is a... A we thing, as you know, Keith, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, a lot of young men and young women that we've kind of got to take since they were kids and have them go onto the PGA Tour, even people that we played high school or college golf with. And, um, you know, it's been a really charmed ride. I'm at a beautiful old country club, Virginia Country Club in Long Beach, California, 1909, the last thing Tillinghouse touched. And uh, the club has embraced our golf club mentality. and. It's been a fun ride, and this award is, uh, it's a we award. I just happen to have my name on it, so uh, we're looking at it like that. It's taken a village, and we are a village. You know what? The PGA of America is truly a village, and a lot of times these national awards end up being somewhat of a crowning achievement, right? You've done so many things to positively impact the lives of not only the people that you've coached, but the people that have worked under you, the mentor-apprentice relationship that the PGA is built on, right? Looking back, it, it's too vast to say your career, but just this year, you must have had a great year, you know, teacher and coach, you know, all of this recognition. What makes you most proud? Uh, the relationships with everybody from the staff that I spend every day with, that's like my family, to the members that embrace what we're doing, allow us to be the CEO and oversee their club, to our family, to our section, you know, we're, we're proud of that. We're, we're so proud of it. It's a relationship business and everybody else thinks we're flying in a helicopter and fixing somebody's arm or wrist at the top of the backswing. And while that happens someplace, not in a helicopter very often, uh, you're doing this, you know, practices and playing and phone calls and texts and all these things in order to try to make yourself great and to make them great. and. It's been a trek, and it's fun. 
Now you used the word practice a couple times there. And as I was getting ready for this interview, one of the things as the CEO there at Virginia Country Club, which you talked about so affectionately, right, is that you've done some really cool and innovative things with your practice facility there. Now I spent the day at Demo Day earlier in the week and I saw some cool innovations there, but you've been doing this stuff for a while. And we're gonna get into a little bit of your teaching concepts and, and why they really match the modern golfer. But for right here now, for my listeners, Tell me about why your range is so cool. Well, we had a little warm-up range for the members that got antiquated by the golf ball going too far. I used to practice there when I was a kid. I was an assistant there in the early 80s. I used to chip it down this range at the end of the night when I was picking the golf balls because there was two pros, and one of them was the head pro, and I was the other one. And so I would chip it down this range, and when the range started to get antiquated, I thought this would be a really cool place to put a little tiny golf course, a six-hole golf course in here, and a world-class practice center. So um, we built this thing. It pays homage to some of the great architects. The first hole is a McKenzie hole, and the second hole is a Ross hole, and third hole C.B. McDonald, fourth hole Seth Rayner, uh, fifth hole Willie Watson, who didn't get as much credit for all the Bell and Thomas work that was done in California, and the last thing, Tillinghouse, and all kind of greens off of those courses, and you play down and you play up. And then we just finished a 14-acre, 400-yard, two-sided range next to about a three-acre shag range as well that has a performance center and a gym behind it. Um, California, with the real estate world, uh, there's not a lot of land out there. I don't know if anybody has anything like this, and we're so proud of it. And it's been really fun to do the design work with the leadership of the club, and uh, now it's all rocking and rolling, and our members have a haven to get better at golf, whether they're just starting or they're a tour player like Patrick Cantlay or Nelly Corda. All right, I just made an executive decision. The next time you join me on the pro show, I am going to your club. I mean, you Can't made wait. this place. This yeah. is This is like... Uh, a modern golfer's dream facility, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, it seems like it's a perfect match for you. You've been there for a long time. You've been the director of instruction there, head pro. You're now the CEO. How have you built those relationships? Yeah, there's a bunch of passionate, you know, at the end of the day, when you're the CEO of a country club, you don't own the country club in this situation. You work with and for a bunch of members, and we've got a bunch of passionate people that realize what a special place that they have and in, have embraced it. It's still called Virginia Country Club, but at the end of the day, we're really a golf club. And when I first got there, the same guy was winning the club championship, and now we're having different club champions every, every year, and there's... 10, 12 tour players that are playing out of there and our scratch league team won the California State Scratch League. So, and now we've probably got 15 guys that they really played well on the certain day they could win the club championship. And uh, same thing that we're watching with ladies golf, which is a big initiative is how do we make ladies golf better, not only on the LPGA end, but with starting people as well too. So, you know, I'm trying to put all this together in my mind, and it's, it becomes quite obvious. And folks, if you're wondering who that voice is with me here today, sitting at the 2022 PGA Merchandise Show, it is our National Teacher and Coach of the Year for the PGA America. His name is Jamie Mulligan, Golf Magazine Top 100. Um, just an incredible instructor. And in order to be that, right, in order to create this type of facility, in order to implement innovation, you have to be a very cool communicator, right? And I followed your work, and there's no doubt that you are, but Forget the golf stuff for a second. Somebody like you thinks outside the box. So 
what do you use for resources or what kind of things do you look to? What do you read? What influences your thought patterns in order to be this really proactive pro, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I mean, it could be anything from self-help book to music to I'm a surfer. I think everybody knows that to uh, looking at golf and realizing why people play and why they don't play and making the game more hip, for lack of a better term, um, and the way people dress and the way that they kind of go about the game. When you really think about it, whatever happened has happened with COVID. I don't think you and I can explain that, but 550 million people played golf last year and we had dipped down to the 390s and when the Tiger boom, it was 540. So we're back to an amazing number, but the game was losing popularity and now everybody's playing. I think there's more inclusiveness in our life on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour. We're seeing fans that don't look like golf fans before that are people that are just coming out to watch like they're watching a ball game and it's cool. So this like kind of worldly perspective that you maintain has a lot to do with what you call the wheel concept, yeah. right? So we got to get into that a little bit. I know we'll, we'll have some fun throughout this conversation, yeah. but for the benefit of my listeners, I mean, this is really the goods. I mean, this is something that it, we need to spread the word on this the best we can. I'm a PGA professional and I will yell from the mountaintops as much as I can Thank once you. you explain this concept to my listeners. So go for it. Tell me about the wheel concept. Yeah, it's asked about all the time and it's probably the basis of what we do in our instruction and the, just the best way for the listeners to appreciate it is if they can imagine a wheel with the spokes in it. My job as a coach is to have the right spokes in there and to keep them straight. And they're all different. Every one of my players has different uh, objectives, per se, or values that make them that are part of the spokes. And originated, I was, you know, struggling mini tour player, trying to learn how to play good enough. I knew I was going to do what I do. I knew I was going to run a club, and I knew that I was going to be an instructor. But I wanted to play and get better at it. And I realized I had 2,000 thoughts in my mind. So I debuted my computer, and that was almost before computers were there. And when I debuted my computer, I just kind of wrote on an old legal pad. And then when I looked at the 2,000 items, and there might have been more or less that were on a paper, I really realized that I only need about six or seven or eight things to run. And so I took a black marker and got rid of everything, and then I had my spokes. And then I started to manage my players that way. I think the eye that you get to teach golf, either you get it or not, especially at a tour level, not that foresight and trackmen aren't great, but if I can't tell the player what happened to his golf ball without looking at his golf ball or looking at the machine, something's the matter. But I think communication with your player to manage, you know, a John Cook that has to be father, husband, friend, commentator, professional golfer, have a relaxation thing, have a sports Jones that he has, you know, and do all those things. you got to manage those spokes. And when he didn't run well, when he was playing, we all went back to the spokes. This is it. All right. I got to dig in more here because sure. I love these leadership conversations, yeah. Bob, you know, with really, really good Vanguard thinkers like yourself. So I'm going to go back to the surfing. Vanguard is definitely a, a northeast term. Like they don't say Vanguard in California. But we are going to talk about surfing, yeah. if you don't mind, all right? So uh, in order to be a good surfer or a skater, you got to go with the land or you got to go with the water, okay? So correct. you start it's to... It's flow, correct. which is one of our favorite words. It's flow. There's a wave that's breaking. Everybody's captivated by waves because you stare at them. Imagine riding it on a board. And for me, that's the one thing I don't think about golf, and it takes flow. And my dad wanted me to play in the NFL, and, you know, 
Uh, I was never big enough to do that in my golf what game. position? But I was a receiver and I was a safety. Okay. And I wanted to do it really, really badly, but my parents took me out to play golf on the weekends and then I liked it and then loved it and then fell in love with it. And I think my dad was really, really happy about that. So 2,000 things on the legal pad, yeah. that disrupts flow. There's no flow oh, in those yeah, 2,000 yeah, things. Yeah. So it, what would benefit my listeners is, how did you start to remove some things? I mean, there had to be some themes that would cross 50 things off the list, right? Like what became the five or six priorities in the end? Integrity was probably the number one thing. And then uh, after integrity, it was confidence, which led into probably a thousand things were on the list that I was questioning myself about that decided not to do that. Um, for me, it was money, and money was an interesting one and a different thing. I don't talk to my players about money, and I don't charge them. They pay me at the end of the year, and they write a check, and I've got one for a buck before and deserved it. So. Uh, a long time ago, I realized that I was worrying about bills and I was worrying about money and I wasn't worried about doing my system or my process. So we came up with this mantra, the process dictates the bottom line. And uh, that didn't involve talking about money. I've never talked to Patrick Cantley about money revolving golf. Now we've talked about money revolving business, but last year when he's playing for the FedEx money, we weren't talking about that. We weren't thinking about that. We weren't thinking about rankings or ratings or anything. We were just staying in our groove and doing our deal. So uh, that was a big one for me. And I think some of the cultural things that I have have kind of spilled into my students and we've been able to use those. But like many coaches, don't coach what you need to do. Do what you need to do to be a great coach. You need to coach what they need to do and teach them to do the things that make them great. There's a huge difference between Luke List and Mo Martin, um, the straightest hitter in golf and the farthest hitter in golf. We tell this story a lot. Luke and Mo are hitting, <clears throat> practicing one morning, and Luke has Trackman out, and the wind's going down a little bit, and he's flying seven irons, you know, 203 yards and stuff. And Mo says, you know, damn, Luke, what club is that? And Luke says, it's seven iron, you know. And Mo says, my God, Luke, she goes, you know, I got 13 clubs in my bag that don't go over 200 yards. She's won a major championship. Sure. And Luke says, you know, I got 13 clubs in my bag that don't go under 200 yards. We need to play a scramble. <laughs> so the point being is they're totally different people and they're totally different in the way that we go about it with them. But our job is to make them be the best that we can be. And the wheel has been a, an unbelievable source for me to look at every day and realize this is what I wanted to instruct. I want to teach the spokes straight. Hey, long before the national award, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a ton of coaches that look up to you because you work with these tour players. But aside from what you work on with them or whatever, little things like how Patrick Cantley came out of his shell per media stories, right? That perspective at like the Ryder Cup or the conversations between a Luke List and a Mo Martin or even between the sisters, the Corda sisters, when you're yeah. working with them, right? How cool is it for you to work with these professionals, but like, to, to learn more about them and to watch them evolve as people, not just necessarily as players. Obviously, the wheel concept plays a part in, in both sides of that, but I mean, that's gotta be an amazing experience. It is an amazing experience, and to give you a couple, three little four tidbits on what you just said there, Patrick's part of my family. He's like my little brother, you know? The Corda sisters feel like they're part of our culture, and when we met them, I was inspired by who they wore, not what they wore. Um, and so then that, that was really attractive. 
we have a contract with this club. You know, I'm a C, as I said, I run a club. You're busy. You don't have time to do a bunch of stuff. You got to be selective in what you're doing. I have a bunch of players that are asking us for help, but we weren't taking on any players. Like we really like them on who they were as people. Uh, the quarter sisters are funny. The Jessica's an amazing big sister. Nellie is, um, she's a tiger. She's got an amazing personality behind the scenes. Going back to Patrick, you know, everybody thinks Patrick, well, he came out of his shell. I don't want to be argumentative, but that's always been Patrick. Just when you start to play better, people listen to you. People looked at Patrick was the guy that just tipped his cap when he made a birdie, but he's intelligent, intuitive, a lot of times the smartest guy in the room, but never acts like it, well-read, and now the world's getting to kind of see who he was. So as we've gone back earlier, you got to have relationships with these people and they're all beautiful people. And I feel lucky to have them as my friends first and then as my client second. Well, and I don't think they call, they would even call me their client. Like we just, they're part of our stable and they all get along great together, which is cool. Well, there's no doubt that my audience is lucky this afternoon to have with us Jamie Mulligan, PGA Teacher and Coach of the Year. Awesome, awesome. Congratulations for that. But what's really interesting about this conversation is that you come across, we're sitting here looking at one another, having this really just like kind of in-depth conversation, two PGA guys, two lifers in the golf business. You're so approachable, right? You're so authentic. But I kind of feel like as the CEO of this successful club, and the fact that you're so driven that you're disciplined too, right? So that's kind of like an undercurrent that's that's taking place while you're riding this wave, right? Yeah, how well you, stated. How do you remain so disciplined? Because just sitting here with you right now, you know, I feel a little bit of conviction to kind of want to run through the wall for you. And, you know, we just really met 10 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, kind of a, a fan of, you know, you have a left brain and you have a right brain, you have a fundamental brain and you have a rhythmic brain and uh, we've always tried to marry ours. So I am a bit of a surfer mentality and you can tell the people that work with us or, you know, I hate for us because we work with together, but the people that work with us is we're also perfectionists and uh, we're always climbing the mountain and trying to get better every day. And we have that phrase that we all choose, you're not staying the same year, they're getting better, getting worse, and you gotta have a process, and we're staying with the process. So, thanks for saying that. Well, I tell you, you know, one of the things that really stands out is that I was always a kid that was a golfer and an athlete and all these things, but one of the biggest influences in my life was Tony Hawk. Yeah, I just thought cool. he was one of the, cool. the, the coolest people in the world. Yeah, he's and to a sit, guy. Yeah, and to sit down, and I, I got to meet him one time in my life, and I spent the night with him, and it was a night that I'll never forget, although I did my best that night to, to try to forget it, you know, with mm -hmm. the things that we were up to. But it, in all honesty, is there somebody like that in your life when you were a kid that you used to look up to, some kind of superstar that's outside, you know, it could be, a, it could be an athlete, but outside of golf that really kind of, you know, you said, man, that, that, it would be cool to have that kind of presence someday because you have this awesome presence, right? And it came from, you saw something or you lit, you know, you, yeah, I mean, my, 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 my mom and dad were very different, but very in love. And they I think they helped raise that a bit. But I, I've been reflective the last six months or so. Um, just about everything is going on to put it in perspective and kind of think about it. And, you know, when I was a little kid, I was 10 years after my sister. I would get on my bike and just ride and be driving by the park. And I'd watch somebody playing football and I could pick who the best player was on the field. 
or you know that I went to see the horse races uh, when I was a young guy which my parents didn't like and it was when Seattle Slough was the horse and uh, this horse named JT Tobin or J.O. Tobin beat Seattle Slough for like the first time and I remember at that time watching those horses run and being able to go wow that horse really looks different than the other horses so I don't know what that is like where does that come from right is that tangible or non-tangible where does it come from and I feel like we're like that with people that we hire and then I think we've been that like that with our players and in the reflection part of it I think that's a gift you don't the same way we can see the golf ball fly or see the golf club work without turning around and seeing where the ball is you get that I think that's more of a gift then when you get those gifts you got to take advantage of, of them which I think that we've done a nice job of and want to continue to do more of that I think what you've just explained to me is that instinct can be a talent yeah 100 percent I understand. I got a question for you. Go ahead. Before we uh, talked, you talked about music. I love music. Okay. And I love when somebody asks me about music, and I love to hear what they like. I said on uh, I said on the Golf Channel today that I don't like country music, so I'm probably going to get barbecued for that by a lot of people that like country music. It just doesn't fit me. That doesn't mean there aren't a couple songs that I don't don't like. I obviously like to sit down and listen to Chris Stapleton, but what music do you like? Well, you know, I, I believe, and we use music on the pro show all the time, that there's two universal languages, math and music. And, and math isn't all that sexy. So I use music all the time to try to really get to um, know my guests a little bit more and to try yeah. to really resonate with them and to connect with them. When it comes to me, I am a very interesting um, music fan. Uh, my two favorite bands are the Grateful Dead and the Beastie Boys. Yeah, that's great. And, and for really all well, the same all the same reasons. Polar opposite, but maybe the same band. <laughs> well, they, they, yeah. they kind of are. Yeah. I mean, if you go back to the mid '60s and the '70s, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you look at the different, you know, what a folk rock band who started to tour and to allow people to follow them and, and create this kind of movement, right? Really, isn't a lot different than you know three Jewish white kids from the five boroughs yeah. that got together yeah. in the middle of hip hop in the 80s yeah. and then they created a movement as well um, yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes down to it people like you and I have so much fun when we get together because we want to change the narrative around our game the yeah. game has been so good 100%. to us 100% I get one more question alright go Okay. if you could hear one song and I'll tell you mine if you could hear and I also have it pop in my head and it could be a different one every day if you could hear one song right now what would the song be? Oh, wow, what a tremendous question. Ten seconds. Oh, Nine. Boy. I, eight. What's funny about this is that... Um, I've taken over the interview, Jeff. No, I, I, I love to rapid fire so, people, but seven, when someone spins it on me, seven, six, six, five, five four, four, right? Eight, yeah. One song that I get to listen to. Um, you know what? I had Major Ed Polito on yeah. this morning, so I'm going to go Star Spangled Banner. Right? Really, I love that. It's probably not the answer you were looking for. No, um, I love but it. But you know what, though? Um, uh, and more, of, and more often than not, um, in kind of a frost manner, um, I've took the road less traveled, right? And I think right now, nothing would make me happier than if our whole country came together and started. To, we started to hear some more USA chants. And I yeah. don't know that the Winter Olympics is going to accomplish that. But through little things like you and I do, right, building communities in, in small yeah. little locales, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I just think one of the coolest songs ever written was the Star Spangled Banner. And it's been performed by more people than any, it's been covered more than any yeah. other song. Yeah. And that creativity, that originality really resonates with me. How about you, one song? Uh, I, I, I love when a band 
does a acoustical version of a song and they do it in a concert. I love that. I love hearing the song out of the studio, but then I like hearing again. I'm on to for and I've been on to it for a while. How to save a life by the uh, Fray. Oh sure. And, and just slowed down on one of the acoustical versions, and they do it really, really, really nicely. And I love when a band does that. I like covers when they do it great as well too. But I li- I like hearing it when they do the live version, and it's slowed down. Could be a cool song. Well, I'll tell you what, as this is a live show, I only have so much time, right? But uh, one thing's for sure, we are only scratching the surface, you and I. Okay, cool. We are going to connect again. We'll look forward to that. This is so good. Jamie Mulligan, congratulations, my friend. It's so well-deserved. Thanks for saying that, and your pleasure to talk to and keep doing all the great things you do. And to all your listeners out there, uh, glad that we got to hang out and talk to you, and hopefully it helped you a little bit with what you're doing in your life. And pick out a good song to listen to today, everybody. Absolutely. All right, folks, we're fast approaching 4 o'clock. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment to close the show from the 2022 PGA Merchandise Show. The Max Kellerman Show. You know, there was no one there like, hey, where's that guy we just hired? He just stopped showing up suddenly 15 years ago. So he got away with it, 650 Gs. And now he's being sued. I don't know. I you can't just not show up for work, but but if he's not like doing anything fraudulent and they're just sending him the checks, I mean, why wouldn't he just deposit it in his account? The Max Kellerman Show, weekdays at 2 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Watch exclusively on ESPN+. Join the thousands of golfers who already call Stick and Hack their home for the best golf stories, original podcasts, special events, member perks, and an active community of golfers across North America. Up until now, the golf media landscape lived somewhere between straight PGA coverage or idiots wrecking golf carts. We take a different approach by celebrating all sides of golf, life, and all the ways this amazing game connects Sticks and Hacks every day. Your free membership entitles you to discounts from major brands all over the country while connecting you with like-minded golfers for discussion, tips, or even a round of golf. So head to stickandhack.com and enjoy the world's greatest golf club without the course. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a team from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, we're pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Might have to start a band. (laughs) I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. All right, welcome back to the Pro Show on ESPN 920. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and thank you, Mr. Wade Weezer, for this special serenade by the one and only Mr. Jimi Hendrix. I love it. All right, you know what else I love? I love streaming our show anywhere all over the world at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. You know, you just hit that Listen Now button. And if you want to listen again this evening, or maybe you missed a show or two, 
Go to the archive and check it out. I'll post the show tonight on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all the spots. Social media, check us out there. And of course, you can find me at readtheline.com each and every week. Subscribe, read, and win. And if you're looking for something else that's special, make sure you check out our friends from TaylorMade. Over the past 40 years, golfers have inspired TaylorMade to make a lot of great drivers. But as we know, all eventually reach their limit. TaylorMade has been hard at work making the next generation of drivers because where titanium ends, carbon begins. 20 years in the making, the Carbonwood age is here. Head on over to TaylorMadeGolf.com to learn more about how the all-new Stealth Driver 60-layer carbon face will give you better energy transfer for more ball speed. And it's only from TaylorMade. Yes, one of our sponsors and the other one's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, thanks to my man at home in the frozen tundra, Mr. Wade Weezer. I appreciate you holding the fort down while I've been down here in Orlando. Now, of course, you know I love my listeners. So, before I go, I'm going to give you all one brief thought about accepting change. Every challenging situation needs a positive storyteller. Be the first to accept what's new, and you'll be the first to lead. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the team next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.